With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cams. It can be easily installed at your convenience and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. When the most trusted name in home security adds the intelligence of Google, you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. It's the show that likely could be hosted better by an AI. This is the E-League Report, the best damn esports show you'll listen to this week. I'm Brian, he's seven, and we're coming at you live, stranded at an airport on the way to Mumbai. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm reaching for all my gear here. <laughs> I totally forgot to set up, I guess. Whatever. That's all right. You know, we, we clearly are not professionals. On this episode, Joker is on his way to Smash, Gen G is making it rain, the honeymoon is finally over for Apex Legends, League of Legends continues to pull big audience numbers, the latest cheating drama in esports comes from Fortnite, Auto Chess has arrived on mobile, and the hits keep on coming for ESL 1 Mumbai. But first, it's time to welcome our AI overlords. So if yeah. you've been following the Open AI project... Um, they have been testing them in increasingly uh, more strenuous situations. So it started out as a single player playing against, you know, as part of another team, right. and then they got it five a five person team to play against. And I think the last time we reported on it on the show, they were going against a semi pro team. This time they went up against the TI winners and managed to win. Have we reached the point where AI is an effective scrim partner or way to practice and get better at the game? I I think so. I think one of the benefits of having an AI as a scrim partner is that you're not revealing anything to other teams and which you right. might run into during a tournament or during an open qualifier, whatever it may be, right? So you're not giving anything away there. I, I mean, in this case, uh, OpenAI went against uh, TI8 uh, winner OG. Uh, the first one was a little back and forth, if I'm correct. Uh, I believe, like, I think it ended up lasting somewhere in the neighborhood of like 38 minutes or so. Yeah. Uh, but it was like game two where even though OG switched up their tactics a bit and basically uh, threw Sven into a different position, uh, they got stomped like <laughs> pretty handily. Yeah. Uh, it was it was pretty crazy. Uh, so I think that um, – to, to the actual question whether or not it's viable. If it can stomp OG, yeah. But the question is, like, two things. Can you scale it up or down? What does scaling look like? Uh, and also, where's where's the... I don't know. Is there a business model in this? Is it just for funsies? Like, Well, it seems to be largely just to be a proof of concept. So a couple interesting things. I want to talk about what happened in the game here in a minute. But a couple interesting things. So they have made... It may have already passed at this point, but they made... OpenAI available in the Dota client to play with and or against. Nice. But they have said that this is it. 
Like they're moving on to other projects. They are not sure they're even going to make this publicly available, but they feel like they've proved out to the point where they need to prove out uh, this particular version of the concept. It's more about the learning model underneath it than it is about okay. the actual yeah. desire to play games with it. Now, a couple interesting things with that are, A, it exhibited a lot of strange behaviors that turned out to be optimal play as far as the right. AI was concerned, like buying back super early. Like it was buying back constantly, which a human player would view as a waste of money. But they actually were able to, the they being the open AI, were actually able to buy back early and snowball from it, which was interesting. Uh, the other important limitation to understand here, and I forget the exact number, but I want to say it was 17 uh, different heroes were available, but that was it. They could only play those 17 champions, gotcha. and they were not able to play outside of that. So the draft was limited. This is not like the entire Dota 2 roster, but still pretty awesome from that standpoint. Uh, so could it be a good scrim partner? Potentially. I actually, what I don't know, it was just a very easy question here, which is, can they scale the difficulty up and down? Right. Because this is a great scrim partner. Well, apparently not even a great scrim partner for OG because they were struggling mightily with it in the last uh, two of the three matches, especially. Uh, but they, it's, if you're an average team or a team trying to get better, is the AI too good? And, like, is it actually right. possible playing at a slightly lower level? Which I know people are like, oh, yeah, just have it make dumber decisions. But that's not the point of this AI. This AI is just learning. They're putting it, to, I forget the, it's like 450,000 hours of gameplay is effectively yeah. what this has been simulated against. So it can only get better. There's no, like, switches and levers and things to pull, as I understand it, to actually make it worse at the game. It's just getting better because it's learning more. Yeah, just able to see the patterns and, and how people play and compare that to previous uh, matches or things that it's encountered or learned from, which is why it was buying back early. And people are like, why? This is dumb. Like, why is it doing that? But it was playing the long game because it figured out the pattern which they're going to go to and it was trying to optimize for the long game. So, as you mentioned, it snowballed in the end. Uh, 21 minutes for the second game. Yeah, it was like uh, quite a bit shorter than the previous one. So, uh, I think it's just, it's, it's cool. It's a proof of concept. It has to be, I mean, it has to be. I know that there's even some stuff going on with uh, StarCraft. It's, that one's not OpenAI, though, I don't think. No, that's. I forget the name of that company. I don't know if that's Blue Hole or not. Blue well, no. That's, no definitely that's not Blue Hole. Yeah. Uh, but there's another, there's another AI company that is doing this. It has Blue in the name. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, th this is the thing they announced at BlizzCon last year, right? Right, right. That they were training StarCraft uh, with this AI or training this AI on StarCraft, I should say. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's just—it's just interesting that they're they're doing they're using games as like a learning model for it, um, and it's a lot of complex what they call it, a lot of complex branching trees for it to navigate. So it is actually a fairly effective model for training the AI against. Well, there you go. There, there you go. go. It's all about that machine learning. Uh, sticking with Dota 2, we talked a little bit about this last week, and we, of course, joked about it at the beginning of the show. Uh, but ESL 1 Mumbai, which was dubbed the premier esports event in India, saw a third of its Dota 2 teams drop out in favor of other tournaments or just the rest in general. However, just when you think things couldn't get worse, right. they did. Yeah, totally. Uh, so... It may, it actually may have earned itself the title of the most cursed event. Uh, so not only did a third of the teams drop out for various reasons or totally withdrew, like, uh, voluntarily, um, the uh, Jet Airways, which is a major carrier out of India, started canceling flights. Uh, it turns out that uh, not all airlines can actually uh, run on a billion-dollar deficit. Uh, and so they started canceling a lot of their long-haul flights, which basically left teams stranded in places like London and uh Amsterdam. One team was even uh, they made it like partway through. They were in Dubai and they had one last leg. I mean, I guess uh, we're gonna get stranded. 
Well, true. I mean, they're, I guess, not bad places to get stranded entirely, but still, uh, it sucks that, like, uh, I mean, they canceled it from last I heard, they canceled like Thursday through Monday, which was like the time in which all these people were <laughs> the flying in. Uh, well, no, that was like this last week. So they were all supposed to get there like a week early, mm-hmm. set up and scrim, do whatever, get adjusted. Uh, and they, then I, I think a majority of the teams were still able to make it. Some of them were complaining like they still had, like they basically had to reschedule and they lost like four hours worth of time. Uh, but when you're already sort of reluctant to even go to this because of traveling and the amount of time it takes to do it uh, and or other reasons, it's never fun to just (laughs) totally get stranded and have to sort all this out and not know what you're uh, walking into. Uh, It's definitely going to be a strange tournament in terms of morale. I just, I wonder how this will play out in all honesty. And what is the deal with airlines just like, oh, oops, we ran out of money. We're just going to stop today. Because this thing that happened with Wow Air, what, two, three weeks ago, the Icelandic. Oh, really? Is that what happened? Yeah, same thing where they just like canceled all their flights. Yeah. I mean, how do you not see this coming and and scale back in any way, shape, form, but then just decide? You just hope against hope that somehow, because what they're waiting for is they're usually in negotiations with some sort of investor. That's true. And they're like, oh, if the money comes in, we'll be fine. It's like the startup thing, just at airline scale. I I honestly think I. Maybe a month or two ago, I read around uh, – I think it was Jet Airways was trying to find a buyer. Uh, they're, I think, the biggest carrier in India and uh, were like way behind. I think they were being propped up by the government and the government had basically said, your funding is gone or here's the timeline. Uh, so, yeah. Sorry not to get into like yeah, this airline all of a finances. Became, like, but, yeah, this like an economics podcast yeah. about uh, the business of I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, who can afford at least by, I don't know, a couple of flights. Uh, FaZe took home $250,000 after finishing off Liquid with a solid performance in the finals of the Blast Pro Series Miami. Uh, so FaZe obviously wins the tournament, but it's just as notable for the shaky performances of some of the other uh, players in the tournament. Yeah, it wasn't just a, a shaky performance, uh, even just by FaZe to begin with, uh, who started off the day in, in pretty rough fashion uh, for at least day one. Uh, they opened up with uh, a, a lost Liquid, which wasn't uh, even remotely close. Um, and, and in fact, Liquid even went unbeaten throughout the uh, round robin stage. They're one of the strongest showings there. Um, but uh, they, I mean, the highlight of their day was pretty much salvaging a draw with uh, MIBR. But day two was just like a totally different team, right? So they came back day two. Uh, they had to go through Navi. They had to go through Astralis. And then they end up having to, at the end, also go through uh, a rematch of against Liquid, who had just trounced them again on day one right out of the gates. So, I mean, if you look at <laughs> if you were to look at Phase and be like, okay, you have to go through basically to win this, the top three, uh, you would not give FaZe really any kind of fighting chance, right? Because they've lacked that in-game leader since Kerrigan left, right? And they've not yet found it. Uh, The funniest part of all this was post the win, Nico told HLTV in an interview, he says, if someone would have told me yesterday that we were going to win this event, I would have never, ever believed them. I could never, ever even imagine it. The way we played against Liquid was terrible. Against MIBR, we could have won and should have, but unfortunately, we didn't. We showed a good result against them, but today was just a completely different phase, and I'm glad that we showed up, and we can still play some goddamn good CS. Like, probably, I mean, to show you, like, FaZe didn't even believe that they would do it, right. uh, and, and they were actually able to make it through. I mean, so you, you look at Astralis. Astralis did horrible, and this is not a typical Astralis, right? They went 2-3 and three in round robin. I... I can't remember in recent memory, memory at least. Well, I have no real good memory anyways. But 
And when they dropped three in a round robin and had such a terrible run, right? You look at MIBR didn't do really that great. Navi did horrible as well. And these are two teams, especially Navi, just coming off of a big win, you would think would have some momentum behind them. And they just, it fell flat. Uh, both Navi and Astralis went two and three in round robin. The only team to do worse was Cloud9 at 0 and 5. Uh, uh, we're just going to whisper that one. Oh, no. uh, well, I mean, in all honesty, that's almost. It, that that's kind of even the the funny part here is like you wouldn't expect them to totally drop all five, maybe go one and four, uh, but they managed to go zero and five. And again, roster shuffle time still for them. It seems to be the, the theme of the last two years, anyways. Um, but yeah, so in the finals against Liquid, they, they just turned around and were completely different. Um, Liquid was hot the entire tournament. They just fell apart in the end. Rain had a twenty and zero performance on Dust Two in the second round. 20 and 0. That's 20 and 0 on the map pick of Liquid. Liquid, that was their map. They chose it. They're like, our strats will beat your strats. And Rain just totally overruled them. Huh. All right, then. It's interesting because we went into this tournament not sure what to expect because we talked about, you know, these smaller invite only or like small qualifier six eight team tournaments and if those were kind of the future it's hard to tell at least from this tournament because the quality was not necessarily there but to your point still in the midst of the roster apocalypse and shuffling around there the teams are not exactly fully where they need to be but over generally speaking like this is probably not the best showcase for that style or size of tournament yeah i mean you have to still say like there's two hundred fifty thousand dollars on the line so they can't just like half-ass show up right this isn't like uh, mid-season, like ECS, let's just kind of, you know, maybe we don't care about this week because we're working on something else. Like, that's, I mean, there was, I think, maybe six teams in this. Uh, so maybe eight teams, I, I'm probably off. But even then, like, that's still enough teams that you've got a fighting chance, obviously, as FaZe did, to walk home with a quarter million dollars. Yeah, which is, is not bad. It's it's Everything makes sense, but the quality of play at this stage definitely did not come off as this is the epitome of, of CSGO, and I'm going to watch this over a major. No, but you have to look at the team though the, the teams were strong enough to to say that uh and even in uh you know nico's words he would not have even believed that they would be there at the end okay. especially not after day one performance the only way phase is going to make any money in csgo oh man <laughs> moving on to auto chess so it's finally happened dota 2 auto chess which i guess is, not, is it even dota 2 auto chess just auto chess no it's just now, auto right? chess just auto now, chess yeah. now uh had the uh developer Drodo Studios has announced Monday that keys for the alpha round of the mobile client have been released. Uh, there's not a ton of reviews out there. It looks like it was largely an alpha in China, but clearly uh, Valve missed the boat. We combine this with our constant like WTF artifact. Can Valve do anything but hope to retain users at this point? Like, th- It seems like this game is just taking off. It's once again a new genre that has come out and swept it instead of somebody like, oh, I'm going to make a better MOBA. I'm going to make a better Royale. Uh, it's turned about fair play if you think about where Dota came from in the first place, <laughs> right, which right. is the irony here. But like, what does what does Valve do now? Artifact is tanked. This amazing f- game format has sprouted up in their own ecosystem and got swept away from them. Like, What are you thinking at Valve right now? Well, I, I, I think you were hoping and praying as Valve that they would screw up the mobile release in some way, shape, or form, right? That they would just somehow, uh, it would not be well-received, uh, it would not go over well, and the people would still retain uh, or still play it in Dota 2 over playing it on mobile, right? They still haven't hit like that uh, point in which it's a catalyst where it's drawing people away because, again, it's still just like an alpha stage. Uh, it's in what largely seems to be China anyways right now for initial um, uh, initial play tests. So I don't see it 100% drawing people away just yet. 
Uh, but the fact that people aren't like, oh, this is awful, this is the worst, whatever it may be, basically is just saying that like it there, there could may be do something it. Here. It could do it, right? And Valve needs to figure something out um, because one thing we should start watching is is does Dota 2's playing time and, and things like that on, on Steam charts and the uh, peak viewers does that start taking a dip, especially once this opens up full blown. Uh, Get outside really of China, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I think another interesting point here is maybe not just uh, Dota 2 numbers we should look at, but like one of the things you brought up a couple of shows ago when we started talking about this was there's other games that this is pulling from, like Hearthstone. A lot of Hearthstone pros were going right. streaming this game. So the audience has got to come from somewhere. Now, there's yeah. a lot of games in decline, so it's going to be hard necessarily to understand where it's pulling from, but... If at a bare minimum, Valve has to be upset because literally this game was created on the back of Dota, yeah, and I just I, there's somebody at Blizzard right now that just has this shit eating grin on their face because what happened to them with Dota and them trying to recover with Heroes of the Storm is now about to happen with this auto chess format back to Valve. Yeah, or there's somebody at Blizzard being like, how can we make an auto chess? Is probably really what's happening. Let's be honest. We'll partner with NetEase. We'll, uh, well, that's the problem. Game. Well, NetEase wanted to partner on this one. Yep. Did they actually partner? I can't remember. No, NetEase offered to buy it uh, out. NetEase offered to buy it, but that's not ultimately where it went. Right, right, right. So, so uh, they'll yeah. just have Blizzard do it. It'll be fine. Uh, they'll they'll Net- reskin some other game. You know, in all honesty, the way NetEase works, they probably already had something th- three quarters of the way there, right? And they were just basically looking for confirmation, like, hey, can we just release it with the- basically? Can we slap pretty, auto chess on it? This is a pretty rapid turnaround because it's not like this was built on like it's not like Dota Two itself is mobile ready. Right. So it's just interesting that they were able to turn this around so quickly. Yeah, and it wasn't like built in. I mean, their stuff wasn't necessarily. I mean, it's, it's a mod, like so U- it wasn't built in Unity, right? Yeah, so, so it's not a Unity engine game or something. So it's very, very interesting how this happened. But uh, Valve, if nothing else, walking around kicking themselves in the ass. Yeah, yeah. It's been an exciting weekend for League fans as the LCK, the LEC, and the LCS all crowned their victors. SK Telecom made short work of competitors Griffin to secure the LCK title. G2 made history with their defeat of Origin to claim the top spot of the LEC. Meanwhile, Liquid come back from the brink of elimination to reverse sweep TSM. This is a huge weekend for League of Legends with over 11 million hours of content watched among viewers. Are we living in a new era of League of Legends? We're certainly at least living in a new era of European League of Legends. No, absolutely. And I think that is just done a lot to bolster the the total numbers and i think a lot of it helped with worlds uh, kind of opening it up right that the the narrative of having like na and europe and everybody had this ability to possibly take home the, the title right uh and so it it gave uh that narrative of hope for uh, viewers and like hey look we can actually do more with this it's not just always going to be run uh won by a korean team right you're not just going to watch and have your team go out in the quarterfinals right right so you we had some hope and so uh the numbers from uh saturday was actually the second largest day of viewership and almost close to years about a year and a half so basically worlds the last time uh, it was uh, the numbers beat it uh, was just by a small number by about like half a million, l- less than half a million, and that was the same day that you had uh, IG versus KT, uh, RNG versus G two to throw out just as many acronyms as possible. You're just uh, putting letters and numbers together. Sir. Totally, totally, totally. Uh, but again, those matches brought in about six, just shy of seven million, uh, and it was a little over six and a half uh, for just this Saturday. So, I mean, uh, in large part, I mean it's. It, those numbers in, at Worlds were because of the upsets and the, that narrative that was going on there. We were gonna have. We already knew we were gonna have a non-Korean team win. Right, right, right. And the, but this year, um, I, I, if you look at 11 million, it, you're basically looking at uh, 
just shy of about 13, I think it was about 13 million, was Worlds, right? So that's pretty pretty damn close between the two of them. But this is just... And this is also not taking into account that the LPL, they don't decide until right. next weekend. So you didn't even have all the leagues going at once. Right. So when you always talk about the, oh, with or without Chinese numbers, you're lar- this is largely missing the Chinese numbers, right? Outside of like, I mean, obviously there's going to be viewership for it. Right. But I mean, this wasn't... Uh, a a large a, a Chinese team with a large uh, Chinese following, right? Uh, basically watching them throughout the weekend. That's, I mean, that's a ton of content. And think about this: they switched. I mean, granted, these were held in locations, but throughout the year they've switched and they've kind of uh, scaled back how they've been doing uh, the league and how they've been doing from like a production standpoint, right? And now they did, uh, like, I believe the TSM stuff, uh, sorry, the, uh, the finals were held in St. Louis this year. So, I mean, they, they're, they're doing, like, actual arenas and they're, they're physical events, uh, but they're pulling just so much viewership. Yeah, it's crazy. Which, if you think about it from a numbers standpoint, if the viewership is going up while you're having to invest less in the production of it, like, that's a win-win, despite all the drama that was around, like, not sending English-language casters to Worlds until the end and all, right. all that drama we saw at the end of last season. Um, also notable in that SK Telecom... Back on top, despite some of their early season woes and people assuming that the SKT era was over. Another interesting thing, though, is TSM still doing what they've been doing, which is right. like slightly underperforming, but they're still going to be there when Worlds rolls around, I imagine. But this is good for Liquid, who get a definitive win over TSM. Say, okay, we are still a player in the game. Hopefully that'll show when it gets to Worlds and it won't just be the usual TSM. Oh, they're just good enough to annoy everybody. But overall, like, great. And first LEC champion. Yeah, yeah, and uh, they, it was uh, not even a question. I think the second round, uh, G2 made history with the fastest defeat uh, in, I believe, I think at least in, in uh, European League of Legends. It was 18 minutes, <laughs> and Good it Lord. was just done. It was like 18 minutes and like 32 seconds. They subbed in ridiculous. the open AI project. Pretty much, yeah, pretty much. Uh, and the other thing that was also kind of cool to note is that uh, and we kind of glossed over a little bit was that Liquid came back 0 and 2, basically facing a, elimination, and then just being able to pull that off against TSM. That's incredible. I mean, that went all five all five games. It was a nail biter, obviously, because at any point in time, even if you get one win up and you're down one, you know, two to one, you still got two more to win. So it's just every time you're, it's uh, you know, you're you. you basically run the risk of walking home the loser uh and they, they reverse swept it and it's not like a a best of three is one thing but a best of five to reverse sweep that yep. you've got to really win out well it's a long day breaking in cash yeah all those state firms who knew that franchising would actually work uh, i mean it has to work i mean we'll see once the, once it comes time to renew these contracts but uh, moving on, Gen G find themselves flush with cash as an investment group consisting of actor and former Fresh Prince. Is he former Fresh Prince? I, I think he's former Fresh Prince. He's, <laughs> right. he's got to hang hang up that hat or All that right. hair or whatever. <laughs> Uh, Will Smith, Japanese soccer star Kasuke Honda, Dennis Wong for the LA Clippers, and Michael Zesier, or Zesier? Zeezer. Zisu. Zisu. There you go. I'm just joking. It's not really it. I don't know what it is either. Uh, Former chairman at Alibaba. Nobody cares what his name is. Uh, Band together to raise $46 million for the esports outfit. So this is Gen G, obviously powerful in League of Legends, but also the owners uh, behind the Seoul Dynasty franchise in the Overwatch League. What does an investment of this size say to you? Because $46 million 
for this organization is a crap ton of money. Oh, it's a ton of money. I mean, this is the same group that just had that uh, uh, seven-floor high uh, – remember the eSports facility that opened up? Oh, and yeah, created, yeah, yeah, this is them. Um, and I then, was going to say, I thought they already were flush with cash. Well, you would think so at that rate. But So Forbes had them ranked as the seventh most valuable eSports company worth about $110 million back in October. This is the list that Cloud9 was the top of, right? Right, right, right. right. So $110 million in October basically just got half of their worth, <laughs> almost half of their worth, a little less than that, obviously, but uh, like given to them in terms of an investment to expand. I think even Forbes ranked them as like – the number one brand for women in esports, like women identified with which NG the most, uh, or it seemed like the most receptive to the brand. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. I'm, I'm not, I don't laughing, know how that I'm not the laughing at the concept of the women in esports thing. I'm laughing at the focus group study that someone bothered to put together. That to Forbes decide. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah Forbes yeah. is like, we need to figure out which one of these esports brands women respond to best. Like, yeah, what? I, I don't know, but. I, I don't know what plays into this. I don't know if there's something other than just esports, obviously, uh, in which they're they're getting invested. Uh, that investment is going towards, right? I mean, they have groups in everything. They've had groups that do well, um, even back, well, even when there was heroes. Uh, I'm sorry, what heroes oh. <laughs> of the storm? So even when they had that, uh, you know, they had strong teams there. They have multiple teams there, right? Um, and then they've got a PUBG team. You basically name it, and they're in it. I don't know how much more they're going to expand. Uh, they even jumped into Apex Legends, which obviously may not or may or may not do well. We'll see. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh, but eh, that is a good question, right? Because at what point, what is the money for? Are, is Gen G pulling in the merchandise sales that an OG Optic Gaming would or a Cloud9 would? Is that where it is? Because Or is it to improve the quality of play so they're able to get more return on investment in these games? It's just an interesting investment well, strategy because where is the profit at that point? Right. Well, and if you look at it, the number five on that Forbes list was Optic Gaming, which ran into wah, some issues, wah. right? Uh, looking to even like sell... Uh, Sell teams, sell portions sell of teams. Sell one of their 25 shell companies that they have as part of that organization. <laughs> I don't know if that's really the case. But it, again, me a nasty so if you're getting that – okay, here's one of the things I did want to point out. If you're if you're getting that amount of investment, uh, and is that because stage one of Overwatch this year it saw an increase? Things are looking up, although technically now I think stage two numbers are down, so it swung the opposite direction. Does that have anything to do but with it? But does that maybe? really matter? Because does that equal more money for Gen G to the tune of almost fifty million? Well, I'm not saying to the tune of fifty million, but if you've a large portion of their investment is in sold in sold Dynasty, right? Because we remember those original investments were rumored to be up to twenty million, right? Right. So if that's the case, and the brand seems the to be going, doing good, it could be. Uh, but it also you don't invest that money unless you, you have some kind of roadmap or plan or there's something from a long, longevity standpoint in which they're going to recoup that money. Right. And if and if Overwatch League is, quote-unquote, dead and they're dying into it, they're, they're, it's dying, you don't go and say, here's $47 million. You underestimate how much Sour Patch Kids money can prop up a league. <laughs> obviously. Obviously, I need to eat more it, Sour It's Patch all a Kids. shadow investment strategy into Sour Candy is really what this all is. That's what it is, yeah. Uh, so you hinted at this earlier. Apex Legends viewership is in a free fall, dropping both in average viewership and numbers of channels streaming on Twitch since it launched back in February. This was a game that less than two months ago dethroned Fortnite and had Epic back on their heels. What is going on here? So there's a, a couple of things. I mean, to look I at that question up really cheesily. Yeah, that's great, man. I'm glad. What is going on here, sir? 
please tell me. Uh, so, uh, so average viewership numbers dropped have dropped like ninety one percent. That's pretty damn big. Uh, Man, that's falling channel- faster than Artifact. Well, no, that's well, I don't know about that. Uh, the channel streaming it's down something like seventy eight percent. I mean, they so this is the, the same group that marched to like fifty million players like it was nothing, right? Well, yeah, and especially and not just like they move quickly, but even move quickly in comparison to the growth of Fortnite as a game, right? And they also pulled in as a quote unquote free to play game with not a lot of stuff you can buy in their store. They still pulled in nearly a hundred million dollars in revenue their first month. That really crappy battle pass, right? Well, okay, so here's a couple things that probably have hurt them, right? Uh, a lot of people who weren't big into uh like battle royale games found apex legends accessible right it, but will they stick with it obviously not right they also uh respawn and ea essentially bought their way bought those views initially right yes. they they paid for ninja they paid for shroud we they saw some articles to this effect that are saying you know like oh if you took fortnite and shroud and a few and, and dr disrespect and a few others out of the equation what do the numbers look like right now and so you can say the flip about fortnite i think the difference is, is they would naturally play fortnite or PUBG, not naturally playing apex legends yeah and i also think that if you look i mean fortnite the, the comparison here is like when wow uh, really hit its stride from an MMO standpoint, right? And a lot of these uh, MMOs tried to come out and but never could compete with the amount of features and the things and the standard that that you just can't WoW make had done. up for that that ramp that it has at the beginning, right? right like right. You're, you're too late to the game and you're always playing catch up, right? And so Fortnite and Epic have had. Uh, a while now to build up types of content, build up things to keep people playing, tons of different modes, all these different skins. Yeah, they, just so much has already been built because they've had multiple year head start on Respawn, who, and they also had the benefit of, of canning a game and taking the dev team to help them out. But uh, when you look at that, I mean, it's the same thing that, that Respawn's running into. They hit it, they hit it big. They haven't been able to push out content as fast as they can. They haven't been able to to handle cheaters. Neither is Fortnite, in all honesty. Well, again, yeah. foreshadowing. Man, why do you keep giving away the next Well, story? I'm not intending to. This is my job. But, uh, you know, it's it's just that they can't keep up with those features. Yes, the Battle Pass was lackluster, didn't have some of the other things in Are it. Are you like, finally willing to admit that? No, I still think it's fine. But I'm also <laughs> not their core audience, right? No. I'm someone who that. doesn't want to play it all damn day long and, and, and try and do things like you know, hit a headshot from 800 miles away or whatever it may be. Like, like having these little achievements and goals, like isn't something that entices me to play it more. They've also now added things like if you hit top five during the course of a day, you can actually rank up once, uh, once per day to get people kind of like this daily login piece. Uh, you actually rank up one, one rank in the battle pass. If you do that, what they need is hamster balls. <laughs> they do. They do. Hamster balls. But, but that's another perfect example is there's no, creative mode for this right there's no way you can kind of jump in and goof around and play it moves so fast that there there are not uh these uh there are a handful of moments where people kind of goof around and do dumb things but it doesn't have that meme ability that made fortnite so popular right and it doesn't have a like a server mode where you can set up different things and let people experiment or i mean if they just opened up and did like a sandbox mode on this i think it would entice more people because it's just 
they could do dumb things, right? It's also the rate of the content, whether that be weapons or skins or changes of the map or whatever. No one has been able to match the rate at which Epic was pushing things through Fortnite in the early days. No, not at all. And, I mean, and that makes it hard because it was just like, oh, I got to get on here. I got to get this skin. I got to get that skin. They got to do this battle pass, et cetera, et cetera. And they slow rolled out into battle pass one lackluster at least in my opinion certainly not to the rate in which we have seen new skins and crazy stuff and again the memeability of it right like I, right. I just think fortnite has this cartoonish look to it it has you know the skins always create these weird moments the gameplay creates these weird moments and even if it you know like the hamster balls uh, causes problems from a competitive standpoint still gets your average consumer your you know 12 year old kid excited to play right right and apex is is missing so much of that because they are uh behind in dev time right and where would they be in two years i mean closer we're not gonna find out right i don't know at this point in time i don't i don't know because one of the things that brought has been brought up is uh some of the people who are playing are getting burnt out on it like shroud had mentioned like i'm tired of this game at one point in time on the stream earlier he was just frustrated and was like i give three more games and i'm probably out if it continues and people are like, well, if he leaves, he's carrying something like 60% of their viewership. Right. It's done. Which right? speaks more to the popularity of him than the game itself. Right, right. So I don't know. I, I think it's um, – I, I, I think it can rebound. I think Respawn has made a, a good game. I think their changes and things are going I think it is a better game. Yeah. It, Surely as a, as a Battle Royale shooter, it is a better game than Fortnite. And there has been instances, instances in the past where a game has come out, been hugely popular. Somebody comes out with a better version of the game, but still doesn't pull the people. Yep. I, I just don't know. There were better MMOs at their core than World of Warcraft. But it just yeah. had such an advantage on the feature front and the notoriety front in the game. Just the amount of people playing the game at the time, the critical mass was just too hard to move that wave over to your game. This may be the same case. Yeah, it just kind of squeezes out the competition. And what I hope is that Apex Legends hangs in there. Uh, EA needs a win. Let's be honest, right? Uh, well, it's going to be this new Jedi Fallen Order game that oh, uh, man. Respawn's yeah. also involved in. Well, I think Respawn makes decent decent games, right? I just don't think that... Uh, I, and association I don't think with e EA helps. Yeah, yeah. I don't think association with EA helps, and I don't think EA if it, it, EA is going to give them the time that they need to bring it around. No, and a lot of the, one other point that's interesting is a lot of the things that got people initially excited about Apex Legends from a gameplay standpoint, a lot of the quality of life stuff, like the ping system and whatnot, right, right. have all just been moved over to Fortnite. Like they, yeah. they were able to put those features in very quickly because they weren't they were very novel features, but they weren't very complicated features to add. And if there's one thing I'll give a lot of credit to Epic, but there's one thing in particular in this case I'll give credit to Epic for is they made a very flexible game engine. They coded oh, this game well, very well yeah. that swapping in pieces helps very when, easy for them. Helps when you make the engine. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yes. And you're not hampered by EA's shite engine, which we've also heard rumors around. Yeah. So you mentioned this earlier. I feel like this is going to intro every story. Would you like to go ahead and start talking about the story after this? Uh, no, yeah, no, because okay. that's one I'm throwing to you finally. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, so controversy took a giant leap this week in the world of Fortnite as a self-proclaimed cheat seller came forward with acquisition, uh, acquisitions, accusations that World Cup qualifier Dubs was provided a hacking program in the latest tournament. This event has unfolded in such a weird and dramatic fashion. Like you were, I was listening to the video you were watching earlier on this, which I think was the confession of this cheat seller. Oh, this is this is another one. This is another one. Yeah, yeah. Literally, as we were like kind of prepping for for stuff, it's Wow uh, Glider all over. <laughs> I know. Uh, another seller, uh, more drama there. So, damn um, you, Doctor Disrespect. Oh, yeah, basically the the first one 
the first portion of this was Dubs. Uh, there was a cheat seller who goes by the name of Aspect Dolphin, whatever. Basically claims that uh, Dubs came to him in like a Discord, tried to get him to essentially uh, build a, a cheat or provide him with a cheat that would allow him to, well, obviously cheat and, and win when it comes to some of these World Cup qualifiers. It does what it and, says. And couldn't team. be tracked. It was not something that could easily be tracked uh, by Epic. But and it can't so, be tracked by Aspect Dolphin, apparently. Yeah. So after he qualified for World Cup... Aspect Dolphin evidently had a thing of, uh, I don't know, morals or com- uh, like, I don't know, moral compass or whatever you want to call it. Crisis. Uh, there you go. Had one of those things and said, and, and started providing screenshots of the talk that they had in Discord. Now, names aren't locked in on Discord, so you can have whatever name you want. And so, right. what happened from this, from these accusations, is that uh, Dubs was like, no, I, this isn't me. I didn't do it. And people started coming to his defense as well as other people accusing him. So this uh, Aspect Dolphin said that they turned over the information that they had to to Epic. And then here's some more information around like – and Epic's reply was basically like, thanks for doing this. We take you know competition seriously. We're going to make a blog later. We're going to make a blog We're going to make a blog about – uh, it, they like, clearly have been paying attention to Valve's competitive uh, integrity. Yeah, they're literally just going to do it. But not only this, but like again, in true Valve fashion or, or Valve fashion, yeah, sorry, uh, epic fashion. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll talk about it. We're going to talk about it later this week. We're making a blog post, which we know how their blog posts are, which is usually like a paragraph long, right? There was no cheating. Period. Right. <laughs> yeah. So they said that they would look into it. Uh, and but however, as of this recording, Dubs hasn't been accused of it. Some people even posted screenshots and like the manner in which this person speaks. Uh, and the way in which they type isn't the same which how Dubs does, and they showed multiple oh, now examples. We're, now we're doing linguistical. Well, analysis. this person like obviously never capitalized anything, never used any kind of punctuation, so and like, like every just a, person who's right, in Discord. right. Uh, well, the thing was, some people actually took stuff from Dubs in Discord uh, prior to this that where he like he ne- he never does this supposedly. I don't know. It, some people ran it back, and they're like, "There's no way he could even make these shots without it without having a cheat program." Yada, if yada, millennials yada. would stop wasting their time on this kind of shit, we could change the world, <laughs> right? So, but I mean, the the replays are online, so people can run it through, run through it. So, the other thing that happened, uh, which has been found to be credible, evidently, is that the uh, another Fortnite pro, uh, Jonathan Kosmala, uh, who is on, um, <laughs> I wrote Team Kosmala. Um, oh crap! What the Team Caliber? That's it. So he's on Team Caliber. And another cheat creator, cheat seller, came forward and said... Aspect Orca? <laughs> Aspect Orca, yeah, right. Um, came forward and said, I sold him a cheat. He actually was using it for nefarious reasons. Again, that whole cr- crisis thing happens again. Is there, is there a non-nefarious reasons for using a cheat? Well, okay, so... Yeah, be careful, because so you're going to get his, yourself called his out again. His actual verbiage was... Well, no, there's there there isn't, but his... Uh, he says, Kosmala's intentions were not to cheat in the video game and, and you know, have fun looking for a stream, stomp on pubs, whatever, but to win money and scam other players who who are playing legitimately. At that point, it just comes down to morals, he says. So that's why he did it. Right? Oh, wait, 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 wait. So let me get this straight. Yeah. So ruining my day by cheating against me in public servers, perfectly okay. 
Money gets involved now. It's a crisis of conscience. Uh, yeah, oh. right. So again, you think this guy flips off people in crowds? Okay, probably. Don't don't start that. We'll get more YouTube comments of people taking total. I mean, as long as they're directed at you, I'm it. okay with. This. Yeah, just whatever. Um, never would I say something as dumb as that. And, and I say a lot of dumb things. But Truth. however, in this case. This this cheat seller went as far as to show like the PayPal money that was sent to him, the information that way, and his from, and uh, then even provided that over to I think it was like Team Caliber as well, who then confirmed that it was actually his PayPal because they PayPal'd him directly again and found out exactly who it was and the email and everything. So they confirmed it through that. They confirmed it through like gameplay and like screenshot stuff. Uh, and they released him earlier today because of it, and so no blog post needed. Oh, oh but then no, no, that's the other funny part. The cheat seller also said he sent it to to uh, Epic, and Epic's response was the same as the other guys, which says, "Yeah, we're going to make a blog post later on this week." <laughs> what is the blog post going to say? We don't condone cheating, and we're investigating these things. It's about competitive integrity, and that, so you know exactly what it's going to talk about. So here's my thing. Like these are, it's you know, thirty million dollar tournaments, right? There's like thirty million dollars going out. This Clearly, month those anti cheat uh, programs are working really well for right, <laughs> right. At, at what point in time though do you go and just be like, hey, let's have a LAN event so we can watch this and stop this from happening or we something just along those lines? Word.exe up on a flash drive. Call it good, my friend. I know it's so dumb. So now I have one for you. Super Smash Brothers Ultimate 3.0 has arrived with a ton of new content and features. The list of the list of additions are pretty huge. I mean, especially for $5.99. What are some of the highlights for you? I mean, obviously Joker. This is the closest that I'm going to get to getting Persona 5 Arena. Huge Persona fan. Love Persona 4 Arena. This is the closest thing I'm going to get, unless they decide to put Persona 5 in uh, Blaze Blue. Uh, but what is actually more interesting to me, even though I don't know how useful it's going to be, it's certainly not going to be something that happens in competitions or whatnot, but the stage building aspect that they've put right. in there, uh, as silly as it sounds, it's also a preview, as I imagine it uses a lot of the same technology that uh, Mario Maker 2, that right. is about to come out for the Switch soon, uh, that they just unveiled at a Nintendo Direct a few weeks ago. Um, the stage building aspect is super cool. It takes, makes good use of uh, the Switch's hardware as far as touch controls, and that looked really awesome. I uh, got a ton of social content, so they're really putting a lot of effort into sharing clips. Uh, really, in my opinion, setting the game up for the long haul because they're counting on the community to be just as voracious as it has been around Melee, for example. Right. So the ability to take video clips, edit right there within the client, and then be able to share it via the Nintendo Switch Online app where you can put clips up there for social content and whatnot. Uh, so those are all great, but I mean, obviously Joker has to be the biggest one. The Persona 5 stage is pretty dope. Um, he's got some and very interesting... Uh, ultimate smash in that it actually just calls out his main persona from persona 5 which is our scene and actually just amplify all his attacks so it's not just like a single one-off whatever and it also has a lot of interesting like reflecting counter mechanics to it as well so it's a a very different ultimate smash Uh, but overall super stoked to see joker in there we knew this was coming i think the model for it was leaked about a month ago at a best buy ad yeah uh, so no surprises there but for 5.99 it's great and this is part if you want to get the overall uh character pack it's like Twenty four ninety nine, I think, which gives you five characters plus their stages and whatever as they slowly release them. Uh, but overall, like you know, pretty cool, and they seem to be putting a lot of support behind the game still. 
Yeah, I think it's, I mean, it looks like a, a solid addition. I kind of would have liked to have more than one character. I think you're moving really slow with the character. Really I have, yeah, I have to admit that. But even so, like, the amount of additional features you get is, is solid. Like, that update is really, really solid. And now port that model back into uh, Arc Systems Engine and uh, give me Persona 5 Arena. There you go, there you go. Uh, that's going to do it this week. As always, you can catch us every week on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Just head over to eLeagueReport.com for all the ways to listen and subscribe. And while you're there, uh, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate it. I'll, t- I'll take one of those. I mean, it beats the crap out of shitty YouTube comments, I'm just going to say. Positivity, <laughs> folks. Positivity. And if you want to uh, be nice to us more directly, you can do so over at our Discord at discord.eleaguereport.com. You're giving that look like you have one more smart remark to make. I did, I did. If you're a seller who has sold me a cheat, please don't call... No, I'm just joking. First off, you're not going to get good enough at any game for anyone to uh, call you out anyway. That's true. I don't have enough time to even invest into a cheat. Like, what is the point in that? No, no, wouldn't have the time. The only cheat that you would need is something that allows you to stay awake past 10 p.m. That's it. That's what I was going to say. It's something to add a couple extra hours into the day where nobody knows about. Exactly. That's going to do it for this week. We will be back next week with another episode of The E-League Report. (laughs) 